Hey everybody, it's your boy Vance Vladi, aka Bird's Eye View, better known as Melanin as Woke. Welcome to the second episode of Spoken from a Bird's Eye View. I want to thank you all for tuning in. On tonight's episode, we're going to dive into some great content. So I just want to thank everyone, you know, from now on and the future, um, even the people that supported me in the past. I just want to thank you for being along on this journey with myself. Now, here at Bird's Eye View Media, we want to celebrate culture. We want to increase understanding and we want to build bonds of respect. Keep in mind, the overall goal is to help those on a path of enlightenment through connection by media. Right. So we just want to inspire you. We want to talk about those five pillars, arts and entertainment, economic development, financial literacy, health and wellness and spirituality. And at times and at moments, we may just sprinkle in a little bit more. But those five pillars we identify as the pillars of life. So as we on this journey together, we're going to celebrate individuals. We're going to celebrate groups. We're going to celebrate global economies. We're just going to talk about it all. But the sheer purpose of everything is to find common ground and to also share inspiring stories and just to, you know, make us make us realize and make us content and make us very, um, you know, if you will, make us very alert and even uh, 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 kind of in a space where we understand each other, but we're more conscious of each other. So that's really what this journey and this dream is all about. So keep in mind, as we're speaking from a bird's eye view, we're simply sharing perspectives, right? Because your vantage point in life depends on your perspective, right? Your understanding and your connection with others that may not look like you or people that do look like you is dependent on if you're going to put yourself individually in a space where you can't A, receive instruction or receive enlightenment and B, if you are already there to continue to grow and continue to share that beautiful wisdom that you already have. So the knowledge, the wisdom, the respect and the understanding so keep in mind, no matter what, let's celebrate the culture, let's increase understanding, let's build bonds of respect. Thank you, people. I want to thank you for tapping in with me and pressing play. Let's go for a ride. Wow. So we're going to start our journey off today on today's episode with a little bit of inspiration by way of our spirituality corner. And today I want to actually make reference to Proverbs 30. And we're going to look at verses 7, 8, and 9. Now this is a word spoken by Solomon. And if you know anything about Solomon, he was a man of grand wisdom. He was a man uh, after the heart of the Most High. And he was the most knowledgeable human being to ever live. Now, the words that he's going to announce next are instrumental, and I hope they bring a lot of inspiration and motivation for you. But it's also a conversation that you can have with the most high. Now, Solomon goes on to say on Proverbs 30, verse seven, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of God in vain. So what Solomon is doing at this moment is showing us a prayer that we can go to the most high and ask him to give us just what we need. Just enough so that we won't deny the most high. But 
that we will have appreciation for and be content for everything that he has provided for us. So this is something that I want you to examine and exhibit. It's the same thing, you know, explore and actually exhibit and, and display and live by that motto. So then that way you can find motivation and inspiration to pursue all of your goals. No doubt. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. Sometime life brings us. Um, you know what? As I think about it, I think there's an importance in inspiring individuals and, and also um, helping other individuals realize that, you know, sometimes some of our most grandest plans, ideas, dreams, you know, just kind of like those things that gets us, keeps us up at night and, and uh, perhaps at times wakes us up in the morning full of invigoration. Um, it, it's inspiring, but I'll be totally honest with you. Sometimes in life we hit those, those obstacles, if you will, those roadblocks. So during this segment, what I want to do is actually keep it, keep everyone focused on the goal that's at hand. Um, I'll be totally honest with you. This dream, this vision with Bird's Eye View um, LLC, it was something that throughout college, um, it was something that, you know, I, I, I fathomed the thought of it. Um, I didn't know entirely what direction I wanted to take things. Um, I graduated college. Um, I had to immediately, you know, start working. You know, you got to pay the debt back and, you know, you just have to start living life. Um, but nonetheless, throughout all of that time, I kept thinking, you know, those long drives home, uh, stuck in traffic, if you will. I was thinking of how can I actually create a space and curate a space where I'm happy, I'm satisfied, where I feel as though I'm pouring into things that I'm passionate about. Now, fast forward, 2020 happened, and, you know, COVID was devastating across the globe, um, and it was also devastating for myself. Um, this was at the point in time where I was just getting um, to the point of the confidence to move forward with the business idea. Um, early part of 2019, um, this is when I decided to actually move forward with LLC in the business. Um, I wanted, you know, I had grand ideas and I had plans on exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but life was still happening. Um, I still had to work a full time job. Um, I still was driving home, you know, one hour to work, one hour back home. I still was trying to maintain the balance of fitness. I still was trying to, you know, provide, protect, progress and problem solve for my family. But I also knew that I wanted to carve a lane for myself where I could pour into something that was larger than myself, which was the business. But it was challenging. I'll just be totally honest with you. I'll lay that out on the table. But what I want to leave you all with and what I really want to talk about at this moment is this idea of not giving up. Right. There were moments for myself where I just felt like, wow, this is it's too much. You know, um, it's just me doing it. Right. Um, I have to balance and juggle so many things. But when I went to bed at night, I couldn't rest. I couldn't rest on that notion that, you know, I wasn't still giving it a try, you know, day by day, moment by moment. So I made a promise to myself that even if I wasn't executing the plan and the dream on the most grandest of scales, if I was able to pour into the vision, you know, daily, weekly, if I could break it down on, a, on the most minute scale and continue to contribute 
on that scale until I got to the time and space where perhaps, you know, more of my day was clear for myself or until I got to that time and space where I could just, you know, not do certain things and get away with it, you know, or sacrifice those things, if you will. So that's exactly what I did. So initially when I started the business, um, you know, I, I did it in stages and levels. So um, it was first spending a lot of time in the background, uh, designing a website, designing a logo, designing, you know, the wording and everything as far as the layout of how I wanted things to look. From that point, that's a little bit more editing and a little bit more going back to the drawing board and seeing what was working, what was not working. Right. But it just didn't stop there. Um, the next thing I decided to do was make a huge investment into the merch line. Um, so I had an issue rollout with a merch. Um, I had like four different colorways as far as shirts, four or five different colorways. As a matter of fact, I think I had like seven different hats, you know, and I, I used that as motivation for a bit of time. Um, so that was the that was the balance. I was able to, you know, get some revenue coming in, um, you know, to kind of offset the investment that I had made. And then I also was able to pour into the vision, you know, by actually creating articles, writing about subject matter that I was passionate about. I then transitioned and pivot with technology as technology was taking off. Um, we saw more of Instagram with the reels. We saw more of TikTok. We saw more of Facebook with videos and lives of that nature. So I decided that no matter what, if I put myself in a space and a mindset that I could do something each day and sometime when a day just was too much and I was doing, you know, more so life things, I promised myself that I would not go extended period of time doing nothing. Right. I did not want this dream and this vision to just lay abandoned and get the cobwebs of of just, you know, maltreatment and just neglect. Right. So this is what I want to say to you. Never give up. It may seem like the goal, like the dream, the vision is so far offset. It may feel as though like it is just insurmountable. It may at times feel as though it's just not worth the trade off of the investment of time and energy opposed to perhaps what kind of um, if you're looking for revenue and compensation that may come by way of it. But what I can promise you is as you're working and as you're building these things, what you're doing naturally and quite naturally, in fact, is you're mastering a craft, right? You're pouring into something where you're spending those 10,000 hours of becoming an expert at it, right? You're learning, you know, quicker ways to do things. You're learning how to become more efficient, more effective. You're learning how to identify a target audience for a, 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 perhaps a subject matter that you want to talk about. You're learning how to actually open up eyes and actually tap into minds and actually tap into ears and tap into, you know, a deeper understanding to help people that may not on face value be interested in whatever perhaps that you're discussing. But because you come with so much passion and so much energy, they can't help but to stop, pause and tap in with you for a moment. So keep that in mind. Life is going to throw you curveballs. That's just how life is. It's one of those complicated fun thrill rides like going to the amusement park at six flags but as long as you're still on a journey of life as long as you're still willing to make some sacrifices and some investments into what you believe is true that's what's most important you're pouring into things that you identify are going to help make this world a better place so ladies and gentlemen 
I don't care what walk of life that you come from. I don't care what struggles you're going through at this moment, at this time. I don't care, you know, what, how you feel that, hey, uh, it just, it's just impossible. I want you to rest peacefully knowing that that energy that you're exuding, that, that passion that you have, if you just find a way to start small and continue to roll that snowball down the hill, next thing you know, you have a grand creation that's going to even blow your mind. So stay inspired, stay motivated, don't give up, don't let anybody tell you no. If they do tell you no, that just means not right now. You find another way to execute the plan. Facts. Our first story with today is actually taking a look at the greatness of the human soul, the human spirit, especially as it relates to financial responsibility, reaching out to those that are in dire need and actually taking care of the humans in this world that perhaps are in a less fortunate situation than yourself. So a huge round of applause to an individual known as Leland Tyler Wayne. Professionally, you may know him as Metro Boomin, He's, of course, an American record producer, a record executive, and a DJ. Now, the reason I want to set aside time to actually give this man his roses is that we definitely want to set aside some time and pay homage. You may have heard recently um, that in the Buffalo shooting, there was an actual security guard by the name of Aaron Salter Jr. May he rest in power. Who was killed during that tragic moment and this uh, a few months ago. Um, as we're talking about the, the unfortunate reality of, of individuals breaking out and acting a plum fool. Now, Metro Boomer has stepped up. He has took on the financial responsibility of the home left to the Salter family, right? So this man, I commend you. I tip my hat to you. I also just want to give you your honor and your praise as we actually always should reach back and give to each other. That's amazing, Metro Boomer. So we want to thank you. Now, more so what we want to do in this segment is talk a little bit about who Aaron Salter Jr. was. You may have heard a little bit of the stories and articles over the past few months, but we want to dive a little bit deeper into this and we want to revisit this because for Metro Boomer to step up and um, make that obligation uh, and take on that responsibility and actually help out the family of Aaron Salter Jr., that's commendable. But Aaron Salter Jr.'s contributions to this world or his contributions that were going to be discovered, if you have not already discovered them and heard about them, they were amazing. And I believe they were going to change the present world that we live in. So without any further ado, we'll dive into that story a little bit further. But we definitely want to do a round of applause and for Metro Boomin, also known as Leland Tyler Wayne. And we also want to do a moment of silence for Aaron Salter Jr., who was killed, unfortunately, during that tragic moment in the latter part of May 2022. Moment of silence. Right, people. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in the middle part of May 2022 when the suspect known as Peyton Gradon, and sometimes I hate saying these people name because I don't even believe they should get the worship and the praise, but just for the sake of um, letting it be known as far as who did this just, just malicious act, Peyton Gradon, he was armed with three firearms. He also had tactical gear. Now keep this in mind, 
This man drove more than 200 miles, okay? He lived in his hometown, which was called Copeland, New York. And he drove 200 miles to the Topps grocery store, according to the police, all right? Now, once he arrived at the store, he decided to shoot individuals simply because the color of their skin. The animosity, the sheer amount of hate that was in this man's heart had to be so abundant for him to drive 200 miles. Can you imagine being on that expressway? Like what kind of thoughts and, and just like him playing out the scenario as he was driving to this location? So for any, any amount of reason, he decided to drive this 200 miles and he shot four individuals, all right? Now he shot these four individuals in the parking lot of the store and three of those individuals died. Then he proceeded to go inside the store and shoot eight more, right? Now, while on this rampage, every single individual was a person of color. So this man had that amount of heated, heated hate in his heart that he wanted to come and actually, you know, seek out vengeance on a people, right? Sad, sad and tragic. Now, Aaron Salter Jr. was the security guard at the Topps grocery store at the moment. And he also was killed, unfortunately, during that time. Okay. So this crazy individual, I'll be totally honest with you, he, he, he was all wow, it's, it's bizarre. He actually killed or, and or injured 13 people that day in May, 2000, May 2022. But get this, he killed 10 individuals but of the 13 individuals that were either killed or injured, 11 of those individuals were people. Now, let's add a little element to this to make it make sense first before we continue to proceed down this path. Let's tie it into the present day. Let's tie it into the amount of inflation that we have seen across the board. But more specifically and more intently, let's draw a connection to the high gas prices. Now. A lot of people said the gas prices are tied to the Russian and Ukrainian war. And that is that 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 bodes a lot of truth as well. But keep in mind as well, there's a huge transition even before this this Ukrainian and Russian war are uh, sparked up. There was a huge transition and huge push for electrical vehicles. Right. In fact, our president has made a, a vow that by 2030 um, we would become a nation where perhaps the manufacturing and the production of gas-powered cars would be null and void. In fact, they wanted to transition fully toward the electrical market just to free up some of those natural resources, if you will. So there's that plot twist on who Aaron Salter Jr. was. Now, I will say this. This man was a brilliant mind. So if we take a look back and go back to 2015, there's actually a video that you could pull up yourself. And this is actually a YouTube video. And this Aaron Salter actually being interviewed and he's explaining his contribution that he is working on perfecting and introducing to the world. And how ironic is it that his contribution that he was working on to perfect and bring to the world was actually something that was going to help with the crisis, especially as it relates to gas and oil prices and vehicles, right? So Aaron Salter Jr., this beautiful mind, he came up with an engine that was fueled totally, totally powered by water, 
Yes, hydrogen. It was a fuel system that didn't depend on anything else but hydrogen. Can you imagine if something like that was released at this point in time? Not even this point in time. We could say two years from now. Can you imagine the impact a hydrogen-powered vehicle would have on this world, this economy, and how many perhaps millionaires, billionaires would perhaps not see just as much money uh, flowing through their pocket as they talk about um, actually taking ownership of the natural resources that the Most High have given us and he has given us to actually use um, with responsibility. But now we've uh, made this such a commodity that it's, it's, it's being so, it's being used in such volume and such great amount that we're to the point now that we're almost out of it. And if we're not almost out of it, um, the prices can be set in such a way where it causes such a rift throughout societies across the board. Now, water also is a natural resource that um, perhaps at some point in time we may deplete, especially as we're talking about fresh water, right? That salt water seems to be plentiful. But can you imagine if an individual decided and uh, found out a way to make a, 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 a car or plane, any form of transportation, that strictly uses water, especially if you could remove the salt and sodium from that as well and have the benefits of using salt water as well. Epic. Something like that is going to change the world. Now, keep in mind, Aaron Salter Jr. was not the first individual to come up with something like this. All right? There's another individual a while back who did the same thing, and unfortunately he was uh, killed as well. Right, and there was a huge conspiracy behind that. Now, this Aaron Salter, I want to point this out because I firmly stand on the ground to believe that this is not a conspiracy. There's too many connection points in regards to his story, our present time, and the direction that we're going that makes me believe why did this suspect decide to drive 200 miles to seek out this grocery store, which a retired Buffalo uh, state trooper worked at as a security guard, and he knew, in fact, that this individual was a person of color because you could see it from the YouTube video. You could see it from the interview, right? So it's obvious that. Now, there's another saying that if you want to kill somebody and cover it up, the easiest way to do it is to actually kill a lot of other innocent individuals so that your target is actually hidden in plain sight or your target is actually hidden in the mix of all the chaos, right? So my mind leads me to believe that something of this magnitude actually occurred in the middle part, May 14th, 2022, right? Because it's too many connection points, right? And the thing about stories like this is we get to this point where we hear about so many of these stories and they're tagged and labeled as conspiracies just because the evidence can't be drawn um, without any shadow of a doubt to prove it. But keep in mind, People have common sense. There's a difference between, you know, legally without a shadow of a doubt, and then there's a difference between just having common sense and being able to connect dots, right? So perhaps, no, in a court of law, we can't um, actually convict this individual because it's not, reason it's not beyond a, a reasonable uh, burden of proof, right? Or beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, we give you that. But... We also understand that you can't 
piss on my head while I'm standing inside covered by a roof, right? And you just tell me that, oh, that's strictly rain. Well, I'm looking up at the ceiling and I'm seeing that there's no opening whatsoever for this rain to come through. But I'm being showered at this moment. Same story, same storyline, right? So it is just, mm, it's, it's tragic when we run across stories like this. And it's tragic when we see, you know, what could perhaps, what is the, the future that, that we could walk into, right? But the individuals that perhaps have been given that talent or that, if you will, that, that magnitude of brain capacity, that, that, that opportunity, that gift of gab, that relatability, whatever, it's a full gamut of things. When we have these individuals that are our saviors or are the people that are gonna push us forward, right? They're cut short, right? And their contributions are not fully realized. And these are the things that we wanna talk about as we're talking about celebrating culture, right? As we're talking about establishing all those bonds of respect, right? Right, these are the things that we wanna highlight. These are the things that we wanna really take a moment to, to figure out how does this fit into the grand scheme of the human goal, right? Right, so not just individually as a race, but if we respect each other individually as a race, we realize ultimately that each one of us, each racial group, each ethnic group, each cultural group, we all have something beautiful to offer, right? But when we get in such rage and such hate that we don't feel like another group has the mental capacity or even the, the solidarity, or even the culture, or even the morals, the values, whatever the case may be, where we decide, where we become judge, jury, and prosecutor at that moment to say that, you know what, you don't deserve to actually have your contribution released. This is where we get in this turmoil as a society. This is where we get in this turmoil as a globe, as a nation, if you will, this is where all of the rift keeps on coming. This is where all the confusion keeps on coming. So, we won't beat a dead horse. We won't go down a path that's gonna, you know, if you will, bring up some, <laughs> stir up some rage and in more individuals. But what we will do is give our roses to our individuals in this world who are standing on the front lines, who are putting their life on the line, who are exhibiting and sharing their gifts, who are God sent, who are beautiful souls and individuals, we will not stop celebrating those individuals. We will not be silenced by uh, just the confusion. We will not be silenced by people telling us that, oh, you're absolutely nuts, that's a conspiracy. No, we will not. We will not be silenced. What we will do is speak what is clearly being seen. We will speak clearly what's being observed, and we're going to actually take those moments to always say the names of those individuals that are doing great things in society. All right? So Aaron Salter Jr., may you rest in power. Metro Boomin, may you continue to tap into the excellence and the greatness that you are and have been, and may you continue 
to just be an inspiration to so many individuals across the board. That's all we have for you at the moment. Now, as we continue down our path down our arts and entertainment pillar, we want to take a moment to acknowledge the huge significance and huge contributions that are about to happen. And by the way of hip hop, yes, round of applause, hip hop, we see you. Now, in August of 2022, this year, in fact, next month, hip hop is going to celebrate its 49th birthday three and guess what's gonna happen we're gonna celebrate in major style the african-american museum that's located in washington dc is gonna throw a block party so that's gonna be epic can you imagine everyone that's gonna show out i'm talking about from all walks and ages from all walks of life so it's gonna be pretty amazing so what we're gonna see is just like a huge collaboration so this gonna celebrate the state of hip-hop and I think that's a beautiful thing because 50 years ago, um, of course, it was started on the bridge and the bureau in uh, the Bronx, uh, New York. So now we get to celebrate and just reach back in time and revisit that 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 energy that was exhibited and that was born at that moment in Brooklyn. And well, I would say the Bronx um, when hip hop was started. But the whole reason I bring this all up is because. In August of 2023, Chicago rapper Vic Mensa and Chicago rapper Chance the Rapper are actually going to undergo a huge undertaking. And they're going to co-headline a festival called the Black Star Line that's going to be in Ghana, Africa. So they're going back to the motherland beautiful occasion so when they decide to go back to africa it's just gonna you know extend the global roots and the global reach of hip-hop and if you think about it at this point in time afro beats are very significant and we hear that sound in music so it just opens the airways because one thing for sure um, music just brings people together it, you know it's kind of uh, ushers in a camaraderie and it just ushers in um, almost this idea of just collaboration. So it's beautiful at this point in time to see that the music is doing exactly what it should do, cross cultural lines, extend the global economies, and then most importantly, make people feel interconnected. So Vic Mensa, Chance the Rapper, we shout out to you. Um, most definitely the Black Star Line, that music festival. Oh, man, that music festival is going to be huge. I wish I could make it. Um, the good thing is it's not until next year, so I'm going to try to get my funds right and get my money right, get my ducks all lined up. That would be just amazing. Can you imagine 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people, if that's the case, showing up in one place in Africa for the celebration of hip-hop and the celebration yeah, so it's going to be the celebration of people, places, and things. And then the music is most significant as well. So we're going to highlight all that. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a bunch of fun. Now, the significance of that story is this connecting it to history. I'm not sure if you heard of a significant figure, um, a Jamaican-born figure known as Marcus Garvey. So he lived, you know, over 100 years ago. Um, but the significance of this guy is he actually sponsored and spearheaded a ship called the Black Star Line. So that's the music festival gets the direct name from the ship that Marcus Garvey actually sponsored. So I'll tell you a little bit more about Marcus Garvey as well. Check it out. Yeah, so Marcus Garvey, yes, and the Black Star Line, also known as BSL, it actually was a steamship corporation. So it was established in 1919. 
by, of course, Marcus Garvey. And he was the leader of the United Negro um, Improvement Association, also known as UNIA. Now, what's interesting enough, I went to Marcus Garvey Elementary growing up. So Marcus Garvey was a figure that was, uh, you know, very much in my ear and in my eyes and definitely in my forefront to the point that I knew from a, from a very early age what his significance was and what he wanted to do. All right. Now, it was a highly ambitious ambitious undertaking to actually fund and actually build the funds and, and raise, um, if you will, the, the proper amount of funding so they could invest on this ship. But after a time, they did it. All right. So the purpose of the ship was actually to encourage the self-determination and the economic independence for the black community. So Garvey saw that blacks across the globe were largely being exploited. He wanted to actually help us contribute and also, in a, in a sense, create our own economy so that and, and we could also contribute to the global economy, but be dependent on our own economy. All right. So that was a big thing. And that was really what that black, um, uh, the Black Star Line was really for. It was for the transport of immigrants from uh, to Africa, but it was also so we could transport our goods and resources. We're talking about, like I said, the early 20th century. So, you know, it wasn't cars, it wasn't planes and things of that nature. So the steamships and, you know, those vessels and things of that nature, they was they were very, they were a very big deal. So, uh, the UNIA, um, they were able to raise the funds, and soon enough, they were able to get the ship. Now, keep in mind, the Black Star, uh, Black Star Line it never really made it fully to Africa as far as porting in Africa, but it did do extensive travels. I'm talking about extensive travels throughout the Caribbean, making stops in all of those islands down there, uh, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Cuba, Panama. So it was still seen as a, as a, as a symbol of inspiration because perhaps for the first time in history, we saw an individual create a plan, execute a plan, and also put that into motion, whereas we could see it happening in real time. So Marcus Garvey, as I mentioned, you were way before your time. Vic Mensa, uh, Chance the Rapper, we appreciate what you're doing to give back and also going back to the motherland, but also it shows the reach of hip hop. If you think about it at this point in time, African beats are very significant. There's a cross collaboration as far as music being produced, music and creativity and videos and so on and so forth and visuals. So it is beautiful that hip hop has now transcended to the point that hip hop is now bringing us together as a global community, right? Through music, but beyond music, through culture, through creativity, through expression and through identity. But also hip hop has been the storytelling map that allows us as a melanated people to talk about every sense of emotion that we may have. I'm talking about from the highs to the lows. I'm talking about from, you know, big family celebrations and to unfortunate family situations where perhaps you lost a loved one. So hip hop, the music, just the bond that it brings. Oh, what would we do without you, hip hop? We love you. Thank you to the founding fathers of hip hop. Thank you to all the artists that can continue to contribute. But most importantly, thank you to everybody that continues to build this culture known as hip hop. What would we do without you?
Now, as we venture into our health and wellness corner, I was recently uh, afforded the opportunity to take a look at a Netflix documentary called How to Change Your Mind. So it's a limited series, and it's actually capturing the recent developments as far as scheduled one drugs now being used in therapeutic practices, right? So this episode where this um, actual limited series has four episodes, in fact, Um, in chapter one, it takes a look at LSD, also known as acid. In chapter two, it takes a look at psilocybin, which you may know as mushrooms. In chapter three, it takes a look at MDMA, which you may know as the street name Ecstasy and also another street name Molly. And then the fourth chapter takes a look at a drug by the name of mescaline. It's a psychoactive molecule that's found in the San Pedro um, area of the United States, New Mexico, and uh, venturing down into Mexico. But it actually comes from a peyote cactus, right? So as I was watching this documentary or this limited series, if you will, my mind was just blown and, uh, and, 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 and that's just the, the best way to put it from a standpoint of, wow, when we revisit this and we look at this, um, Schedule 1 drugs, right? If you know anything about Schedule 1, these are banned substances. So um, things that have been done, identified by the FDA as just, you know, not having any kind of benefit, right? And with the potential to cause humans to become in such a state of mind that, you know, they either become drug dependent or, you know, just and, and, and really, you know, the simplest terms, irresponsible. Now, these things have over the years and, you know, half century have been listed as the Schedule One drugs. But there's been a huge push by the medical industry, you know, lobbying and moving forth and trying to get a lot of these drugs introduced. And a lot of their work is now seems to be paying off because for the first time in, I guess you could say history is now being reexamined. All of those drugs are being reexamined as perhaps therapeutic uh, substances, if you will, that could help us a cope with the trauma that we experience or B get a grander understanding of some of the experiences and some of the journeys that we have had in life. Now, this stuff is quite interesting, right? Now, I think about this in terms of it's inspiring to kind of see that we've now come to a a space and point where some of the things that grow quite naturally on God's green earth can now be seen as things that we perhaps can use to our benefit. So that's one thing. But I guess the the, the tragedy and just kind of like the heartbreak that kind of comes to mind for me as well is just how throughout the years so many individuals have been, you know, criminalized or just, you know, in a sense, thrown under prison systems just for exploring and, you know, kind of like really putting themselves in a position to to utilize those substances and and sometimes not even utilize substances, you know, such psychoactive, but just strictly marijuana, if you will. Right now, over the past decade or so, we've seen a huge proliferation of uh, medical marijuana and then it turned into recreational marijuana. So now I wonder, you know, 
are we just now getting to a point of being accepting or at least having a little inclination to want to explore how some of these, if you define them as drugs or some of these substances can be used? Is it strictly for the profit purposes? Right. As we think about big pharma and pharmaceutical companies, or is it really to help the human beings as we go through this journey called life? So I'll be totally honest with you. I don't have all the answers in regards to, you know, these type of questions. I just like most people, I, you know, I hope that we could come to a space where, you know, we could we could we could we can, you know, at least. If we're going to use those type of things, use them responsibly. But I also would love to see um, responsibility as in, in terms of, you know, just like if there's going to be revenue made, making sure and ensuring that revenue is utilized in a form and fashion where it still could be to the benefit of society. And it's not just used to, you know, line big banks and and just make individuals rich and super rich and kind of keep us more separated from each other. So that's. That's my goal. That's my dream. That if this is going to be something that's going to continue to be, you know, a path that we go down as far as a lot of these schedule one drugs and substances being perhaps reexamined and reevaluated as perhaps um, beneficial to the overall goal that we're trying to achieve, just to make sure that it's in line with keeping us, you know, more so as a human, human cloth or human bond, keep us all Benefiting from it, from A, the use of it, and then perhaps from the the actual profit that's actually made, right? Because if you think about it, well, I will just say this. As you watch that documentary, it goes on to explain that these are substances that are so powerful that it doesn't take a lot to, to use to actually go on the trips or the journeys or to kind of tap into that micro dosing, um, kind of like, uh, if you will, culture that's going on at the moment. Right. So it's not a matter of will we have enough if we go down this path? It's a matter of making sure that it's going to be cost effective and it doesn't get to the point where, um, you know, individuals get so much in control of it, where prices are astronomical. And then it just turns into something that's more so just for the elite or the super rich or those with, you know, kind of like uh, healthcare coverages and healthcare plans that are great. Right. So we want to make sure that if this is going to be something that's going to be utilized to help us and benefit us as a human culture. Right. That is accessible to all humans and all walks of life. So that's my goals. That's my dreams, because as we look back at what we learned from marijuana, that should not happen once again, where we have. Uh, half of entire ethnic groups and races and upwards of more than half incarcerated simply because they inhale to escape the hell that they're in. Right. So we inhale just because we inhale. Right. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I don't have all the answers in regards to how this thing is going to roll out. But I will say this. It's quite interesting that we have a come to this space where we can at least have conversations and at least think with a with a with a objective point of view to actually sit down and and understand, you know, just how we can use it to our benefit. 
So my goal, my my hopes is to continue to explore, you know, topic matters like this so we can all stay informed. If you run across anything and you love to talk about it, shoot it my way. I'll be sure to dive into it in much deeper detail and actually share it on the show. But it is actually inspiring that we've come to this place and this point in time. Let's just not make Let's just not waste it, right, and squander the use and the opportunity. So how you guys feel about that? Um, also, did you get an opportunity to take a look at the documentary? What was your views of the documentary? Do you see this as something that can be possible? Or do you just see this as something that, you know what, is going to be abused and abused and abused? I did also get an opportunity to see that, you know, in Texas, um, and, and also other states, mushrooms are totally legal. Like you could order those things and go on the trips and journeys, if you will. But I think it's also important to say that as you watch that documentary, it does a great job educating on the proper settings. Right. So, you know, making sure that you're in the surrounding and around people and individuals that you trust just in case something does go wrong. Right. So it's it's a it's one of those things where we're just now getting to the point where we could be educated and uh, become much more knowledgeable on if we are going to do it, how to do it, perhaps the most responsible and the safest route. Let's just see where things go. Oh, buddy, I don't know if you guys heard about it, but we're going to dive back into our, our arts and entertainment corner. And this time we're going to take a look at a celebrity that we all are familiar with. I hope you all are familiar with um, one that I personally invest in the company. Um, but I could be honest with you. I've heard some things over the past couple of weeks that are just like, whoa, 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 wowzers, what is going on? So we're going to take a look at <laughs> the Twitter guy, Elon Musk. So you may or may not heard that a couple of weeks ago, an article was released and it was actually discussing the fact that Elon Musk Sr. is now having his second child with his actual stepdaughter, right? Now, his stepdaughter's grown, so let's not make it like, you know, he's, um, you know, molesting someone of that nature. But it was quite interesting to me that he's having now his second child with his stepdaughter. This is the daughter of his ex-wife. Now, a couple years back, he had the first child with the with the stepdaughter. Now we fast forward again. He's having a second child with the daughter. Now, this is the stepdaughter that was actually raised with Elon Musk at the at that, you know, Elon Musk, the actual owner at this present moment of Tesla. So Elon Musk was, you know, kind of taken aback uh, as far as those news and that development, as far as especially the first child. But now there's a second child on the table. But keep in mind, apparently the apple does not fall too far from the tree because I was hit with another article just fairly recently that Elon Musk himself is accused of actually having sexual relations with his best friend, who was also the owner of Google. Right. So it just appears that money, money, money and riches and fame and just kind of put you in a position where you stick your Peter Wacker <laughs> wherever that Peter Wacker wants to go. 
All right. So I was mind blown as well to learn that Elon Musk had so many children. Um, so a lot of them. He has the Brady Bunch, if you will. Eight children, um, I believe, working on nine. But it just goes to show that, you know, I don't know if it's the stress that goes on, you know, with managing such big companies and, you know, just kind of managing so much money as far as billions and millions of dollars. I don't know if that's it. Well, I don't know really, in fact, of especially in Elon Musk Jr.'s case, if this is just an accusation because there was um, a release of the news. Elon Musk then went to Twitter and made a comment. But the owner of Google did not make a comment. He said um, he, he does. He declined to comment, which kind of left that open to to give you the, the idea that the, the actual accusations are not accusations, but in fact, they are true. So apparently um, after Elon Musk had these um, sexual relations with his best friend's wife, um, it kind of put them in a position where, of course, there wasn't a great relationship and there was a falling out. Um, and I could only imagine the same thing happened when Elon Musk Sr. Um, actually had sexual relations with his stepdaughter because it made Elon Musk Jr. you know get into a uncomfortable space because he's like, hey, this is the the girl that I grew up with and I saw her sister, right? And we were raised under the same household, and now she is in a sense a mom or stepmom, right? So just kind of a wild notion. Right now, the reason I bring all of that up is not to bash um, anyone because, you know, hey, I'll be honest, life is sometimes hard. And, and, you know, sometimes we just do things that perhaps we should not be doing or or just kind of like fall victim to the moment. But I bring it up to say that it just kind of goes to show how the Most High kind of has all our answers or all our our path laid out for us. If you think about it, a few of the commandments actually say thou shall not covet. And then another one says thou shall not commit adultery. Now, I want to break down covet because um, when we hear covet, that's just like, well, what does that mean? And I'm sure there are millions and millions of people out there that just like, I don't even know what that means in terms of everyday life. So I'll break it down for you and I'll explain this and draw a connection to this actual segment that we're talking about and discussing as far as the Musk family and just like their sexual, you know, procurities and just like their sexual explorations, if you will. Right. So covet means in this term to desire or want anything that is not yours. Right. So as you're desiring that, you could desire and actually go out and commit the act. Right. And also you could desire it to actually fathom the thought in your mind and actually go through the acts of it actually occurring fully in your mind. So it's just like seeing an attractive female walking down the street and perhaps she's with um, an individual or perhaps she's just by herself. And as you covet, what you do is you 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 have sex with her mentally. Right. So the first act, first step of actually doing something is first thinking about it. Right. So when you think about it, it actually puts the brain in a position where the brain could execute on the actual action of the act being carried out. Right. But that first step is a thought. Right. So what the most high was trying to protect us from at that moment in time is to protect us from bad thoughts that could go astray and put us in positions and just kind of like 
open up a Pandora's box or just open up a, you know, a path or a lane that we had no business going down in the first place. So and and the most highest infinite wisdom, I believe that's the importance of that particular commandment. Thou shalt not covet because it protects us when we get into positions like this, like the Musk family, where it's just like, whoa, what is going on? And that is way too much. Keep your Peter Walker where your Peter Walker belongs. And Sharon is not Karen in terms of this one. Now, the next commandment says thou shalt not commit adultery. And that directly goes to actually having sexual relations with an individual that is married. Right. So. If Elon Musk Jr. was having sexual relations with the Google owner who at the time was his best friend, that's directly adultery. If he, if the lady was a married woman and you're having sex with her, oh man, just kind of stay away from that. It's just like a, a bag of worms that just does not need to happen, right? So just kind of avoid it. Give it the Heisman Trophy stiff arm and stay as far away from it as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like not worth it. There's a, there's a saying that... Uh, all pussy ain't good pussy. And sometimes women say all dick is not good dick. And that's a fact. Like some of the some of the the, the feelings and emotions that we try to capture, um, it just shouldn't be captured with the with certain individuals. It just should not. Because there are in essence of plenty of other individuals that you can do it with. But really what we're trying to get into with this segment is just being responsible, being in control, being in control of your vessel. Right now, I bring all it up to say um, I myself am not perfect. I remember at a point in time where I was out of control. I, I, I just I just um, I just couldn't. You know, I just I couldn't say no. I, I, I wanted to, you know, be sexually active. I wanted to you know, you know, have sex with whoever and whoever I wanted to. Now, I've always been grounded to the point where I never, ever, 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 and I will never, ever, ever, ever put myself in a position where I'm having sexual relations with anyone that's uh, married. But also, I remember at a point in time in my youthful age, you know, high school, early part of college, where I was at a point in a space where it's just like, hey, sex is sex, right? I'm not, I'm not married. I'm not dating anyone seriously. Um, I just do do what I do, and I do it in a respectful manner. But as I become became a little bit older, I, I came to understand that you know what, a lot of the things that we do. We don't necessarily even have to do those, and those are experiences that we don't even have to have. And it's quite rewarding once you get to a space where you can, A, control yourself and your sexual desires and not let that emotion run rampant and that emotion take over you. Because when that emotion takes over you, this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in positions where, you know, you have just like all kind of mysterious and curious and just like all kind of things that are just like what are you doing and why are you so freaky and why are you so nasty and then you know you just uh, have a huge amount of responsibility because kids are being produced or anger and animosity is being produced between friends and family so a lot of times those few moments of pleasure it's just not worth the trade-off that you're going to experience throughout the the, 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 that continuance of your life moving forward. So if you're in a position where you can understand what all of this means and you could, uh, you know, kind of put yourself in a self-control um, environment, do that because it's just not worth it. That's all we have for this segment. Learn from the Musk family. And while you're at it, go invest in Tesla if you feel as though the future of electric vehicles is going to take off. <laughs> 
So, ladies and gentlemen, until the next time our voice meets your ears, just remember, no matter what's your vantage point, no matter what's your perspective, always seek to harmonize this world as we celebrate culture, build bonds of respect, and increase understanding. Thanks for pressing play and tapping in with Spoken From a Bird's Eye View, brought to you by Bird's Eye View, LLC. Love, people. Be blessed.